It's been said that communication is the best indicator of a healthy relationship. And that is so true. In any relationship that you have, whether it's friendships, relationship with your children, parents, or spouses, or whatever it may be, you can tell how well the relationship is based on your level of communication. You know, obviously, if you're just sitting around the dinner table, table staring at each other, staring at your phones, there's probably a little bit of a gap there in the relationship. On the flip side, if you're in a great space where you're communicating with each other, you can see how well the relationship is forming and growing because of the level of communication. And that's the same with God. Prayer ultimately is our prayer ability to communicate. I'm sorry, prayer is that ability to communicate with God. And it develops our health in our relationship with him, that we can see him more, know him more, and experience him more. Last week, we talked a lot about motives. And everything we do, God's more concerned about the motives of, of your heart than the actual deed you, can, you did. And we talked a lot about that last week. If you missed last week's message, you can go onto YouTube and look up Impact Pittsburgh and catch up from our message last week. But, you know, we want to kind of build upon that this week because Jesus said in Matthew 6, 5, that we are not to pray like the hypocrites do, who just pray in public and says, everybody, look at me. Because a lot of times, I think we struggle with our motives in the prayer life. We tend to treat God more like a vending machine than anything else. You know, I come to God. Why? Because I need something or want something in my life or I want him to change something in the world around me. And so I'm going to him to get what I want, to get what I feel I need, or to change a circumstance I'm dealing with. It's kind of like I'm just going to put my quarter in. God, I'm doing my little deed. I'm talking to you right now. Come up and show me what, come, come up and show yourself to me. Come through for me. And he's our vending machine. And that's always been the case in the history of humankind. But in Jesus' day, they even went to another level. You see, in those days, being religious was very important. And the more religious you were, the more status you had. And so that's why constantly all throughout the Gospels, you read about the Pharisees were always trying to gain attention. In fact, they would have dinner parties and all the people, all the outsiders could hang out in their front lawn. Why? So they could see the higher-ups of the religious people eating and talking and just get a glimpse of them. And they did the same with their prayer life. Hey, look at me. Look at the big words I'm using. Look how great I am. Look how long I pray. Why? Because in so doing, it helped them gain status, and then it also helped them gain power, and it also helped them gain financial wealth. Why? Because they moved up the chain of being more elite in their society. And all the while, they were using God to, make, to advance their life. And when God was saying, do not pray like the hypocrites, that's what he was going after in that moment. He's saying, all these people, these religious elites, are really just using me to get the life they want. Not cool. That's Bill Balbach's interpretation. <laughs> and that's what he's saying. He's saying, do not be a hypocrite. Do not use me to get what you want. If you are, you've got the wrong motives, and you're just being a hypocrite. You see, the religious person 
praise to get something from God. And I think the biggest struggle that we have in our faith journey is we become more religious than kingdom focused, and there's a significant difference between the two. Being religious-minded in our journey with Jesus is all about, I come to church, I do these things, I pray these prayers. Why? Because ultimately I want God to do something for me. And that's all it is. And that's what God was, Jesus was dealing with in that time, and I believe that's what we tend to deal with today too. But Jesus is saying, stop being religious and being kingdom-focused. You see, the religious person goes to God just to get something from him. The kingdom-focused person approaches the throne of God. Why? Because I want to know you more. I want just to be in your presence. And so let me just ask you a question. Do you seek God because he he is a means to the good life that you're trying to get? Or do you seek him because you want to know him because knowing him is the good life. Which path do you feel you're on? God, I'm kind of here because I want you to come through for me. Or God, I'm here because I want to know you more. Because whatever path you're on, and you're on one of those two paths, determines what you experience. Determines the focus of your journey. And because we tend to be more religious focused... And I've struggled with that too in my journey. We've all been there. And because we tend to be religious focused, we treat God and treat prayer more just as a means to the good life. And it's more of an obligation. You know, prayer then just becomes, for the religious minded folk, is I'm just going to the vending machine, put my quarter in, and God come through. And then we get disappointed. Because we miss out on the reality and what Jesus was trying to get here, he doesn't work that way. That's not his heart. He, is never, he never intended to be just a vending machine for us. And that's why we get to this point. You know, prayer is not an obligation. Prayer is an opportunity. Prayer is an absolutely huge and significant opportunity for us to to come to the throne of God. You see, prayer is is our opportunity to experience God fully. Who he is and what he's all about and who he is to us. To know him more. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus then gives the example of prayer. And this prayer becomes known as and recited as the Lord's Prayer. And we all know it's one of the most Uh, well-known verses of all the Bible, and probably many of you guys have recited it and memorized it at some point in your journey. And that's great, and that's wonderful to recite it, but Jesus never gave it to us intending it to be a prayer that we just constantly say over and over again. He gave it for a way for us to model what our prayer life should look like and what it should be in our lives. And in it, he starts with a very profound statement in Matthew 6, 9. He says, this is how we should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He starts the prayer with a focus of Father. And a lot of times throughout the Gospels, we see him use the term Daddy. You see, Jesus is stepping through the religious mindset right to the heart. I'm your daddy. I'm your father. 
you're, you're coming to the Father as a son, as a child, as a daughter, to experience him in that way. And I know for some of you that, that's a struggle because we tend to think, well, in our religious-focused mindset where we're just kind of devaluing God in a way. It, it, he's too high up there. We can't treat him like that. When Jesus is saying, no, I'm your daddy. He's your daddy. Just come to him. Talk to him just like a child would to their parent. That's what he wants with you. He wants that same type of a relationship. And all throughout the Gospels, we see this daddy, God the Father, how much he desperately loves his children. Those that he adopted, those that gave their lives to him. He adopted them as sons and daughters into his kingdom. And he treats you as a child. And just as any child to their father, you better believe he wants to take care of you. He wants to be there for you. As a daddy... I'll tell you what, when my boys come to me for something, it's hard to say, oh, you know what, no. I don't want to give that to you. Why? Because as a dad, as a parent, you always want to take care of your kids, don't you? You want to provide for them. You want to meet their needs. You want joy in their life. And that's what Jesus is saying. This is what God is to us. We are his children. And he wants to bring, he wants to provide. He wants to take care of you. He wants joy in your life. And I know that some of you really struggle with seeing God this way because let's be honest, your earthly daddies were not healthy in their relationship with you. And some of you right now are just cringing because you can't see God that same way. And I know us earthly dads are not perfect. We fail a lot. And some of you have been failed in tremendous big ways. And I'm sorry about that. But I want to tell you right now that you can trust God the Father as your daddy. He's always there. And he loves you desperately. But you know, coming from the angle of a child, I look at my journey as a child and maybe you can too. Sometimes as children, I'm not trying to talk down to any of us because we're all in the same boat here. But sometimes as children, let's be honest. We, as when we were children, tend to make everything about us. Right? And that's what in our journey. That's what children do. In our journey of growing up and maturing as people, we go through the path as children when we make the world revolve around us. Right? And we see that with when our journey and parents, kids, I'm not talking down to you if you're a kid in here. Sometimes we see that in our children too. Right? It's not a bad thing. It's just the reality of our growth. But here's the struggle. Because we are God's children, we tend to act like children sometimes in our relationship to him. And that means we tend to make everything about me. God, you got to come through for me. You got to give me this. You got to help me win the lottery. Why? Because I spent way too much money that I can never afford, and I have $50,000 in debt, and I need you to come through right now. Right? And we start making everything about us, and, it, and, and we make the world all revolve around us. But can I just be blunt, honest with you? And I'm talking to me too. The world does not revolve around us. It doesn't. 
The, the, world, the earth does not revolve around America. We're not the center of the earth, right? And likewise, if you would get on a space shuttle and go out to space, you would quickly realize earth is not even the center of the universe. We're like the small little speck of dust way outside on the Milky Galaxy, right? We're way out there. We're not even the center. And guess what? Maybe God's revealing something in the galaxy, of, in his creation of all the galaxies. Hey guys, I love you, but it's not all about you. What is it about? It's about him. It's about him. And getting to know him. I don't know if you saw it, but this summer, something fascinating happened in the world of galaxies. I mean, there was that new Webb uh, telescope, space telescope, that came out with some amazing pictures. Did you guys see it? I mean, fabulous, unbelievable. It went farther out than we've ever seen before. We began to see pictures of new things. Look at one of the pictures that came out in that. Isn't that amazing? And every time we get further out, we can see further out into galaxies, we just see so much more. There's so much more out there. And the creator of everything that is, and his name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, has created everything that is. And look at this. And everything, all and out in the universe, constantly reveals he's there, he's there, he's there, and he deserves to be praised. And the more we get out there, the more we see how tiny we are and how magnificent he truly is. Isn't that amazing what God is doing? There's so much more out there in all the universes. And everything cries out praises to God. And the God of all the universe the God of every galaxy that exists, and even the ones we don't even know that's out there yet, gives us the opportunity to be in his presence and to know him personally as daddy. I don't know if that about you, but that knocks me off my feet. That just blows me away. Our focus in life, and ultimately in our prayer life, it tends to either be all about me, God, what's, what are you doing for me as a vending machine? Or some God, how can I know you more? I mean, the God who created all that stuff, how can I know you more because you want to know me? And we will experience God more and pray more correctly when we realize the events, the events in our lives are not about us. It's about drawing us towards him, to know him. When, the more we realize the world does not exist to serve Bill or you or any of us, but we exist. Why? For him. For him. And Jesus said, Father, Daddy, hallowed be your name. You know, hallowed is just a, a fancy word that means awe and respect and splendor and amazingness. And it's just a reminder of a way to tell God that his name is the name that deserves to be magnified. 
He is the God that created all that stuff and everything we don't even know exists yet. All the beauty that is out there. He is the God of all the universes. And his name deserves to be praised. And his name deserves to be honored. You see, this is all about changing our focus from me to him. I struggle with that. On a regular basis, I struggle with that. Because I get so self-centered and self-focused in my world. I mean, we all do, don't we? And this is what the journey is. And prayer starts with realizing, God, you are my father. You are my daddy. You create everything that is. And your name is so great. You deserve everything. In fact, when Jesus was on the donkey riding into Jerusalem the week leading into his death, the Pharisees tried to shut up the crowd from praising him. And what did Jesus say? Do you remember it? Hey, you can shut them out. Up, but if they don't, if they are quiet, the rocks will cry out. Why? Because his name is so great. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, is so amazing that the rocks and everything that is cries out his name. I don't know if you ever really studied space in the universe, but even if you listen to some of the things that are out there, some of the stars are constantly just making this noise. It's like, what is that? I think it's just this constant, God, you're there. God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. You deserve to be praised. Even the galaxies are praising him every day. One day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess what? That Jesus is Lord. One day, for those of us who gave our lives to Jesus and follow him fully in this world, have the opportunity to be with him forever in heaven, walk in the streets of gold. And up there, all we hear are all the saints saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because he is amazing. You see, prayer is all about beginning with a heart change. And I don't know about you, but the more I get self-focused, the more I just get more depleted. But the more I look beyond myself and trying to adjust my heart to his heart, that's where I see real joy. That's where I see, man, all other stuff I thought was so important really never mattered. It was all about him. And when we pray, we're given the opportunity to be in his presence, in the presence of God, and experience all of his goodness. Remember, Daddy wants to share with you his goodness. And that's what the prayer is, an opportunity to that. You see, prayer is an opportunity to be a part of what he is doing, what he's doing. Prayer is not the opportunity to say, God, come be a part of what I want to do. Prayer is an opportunity to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. See, deep down in all of us, I think we all have this deep desire to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Every one of us wants to be a part of something that's bigger than us. I want to be a part of something that makes a difference. I want to be a part of something that makes a difference in this world and other people's lives. We long to have a purpose. We long to, have, to make a difference. And I believe that this is a God-given and God-ordained desire that's within all of us that he intended for us to only be fulfilled by be a, being a part of what he is doing. 
You see, our longing to be a part of something bigger than ourselves oftentimes gets sidetracked in our me-focused mentality of doing how can I make a better life for myself. And the more you do it, the more you realize I'm chasing something that I never can get to like we talked about last week. But the more we see, hey, maybe, maybe it's not about me. Maybe this is my opportunity to be a part of what he's doing. It changes everything. We start to see something beyond ourselves. And we find joy beyond what we could ever imagine. You see, my friends, a self-focused prayer is all about God. I'm coming to you and I want to tell you what's going on in my life. Help me to achieve this. Help me to become this. Help me to have the good life, whatever that is. And I'm not saying those prayers are bad. I'm not saying God's down on us praying for, for him to walk us through, to find jobs, to, to find financial freedom and all that different stuff. But if that's the center and the focus of everything we pray, I think we're missing something. But the kingdom-focused prayer is, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want you to be part of what's going on. Help me to experience you more. And there's a tension there in that prayer, isn't there? There's a tension every time we get on our knees and, and, and approach the throne of God. There's that tension. Experience the heart of God and God come through with what's going on in my life. I get it. Because some things that is an intention, uh, tension, I mean, we're kind of side-skirting, but there's some serious stuff that we deal with, isn't there? There's hurt, there's pain, there's tragedies, there's heartache. And we bring that tension to God. And, and it's hard for us to say, I don't want to be self-focused, but God, can you just get rid of this pain in my life? And it's just always there. And that tension just builds. And, and I get that. And I see Jesus deal with this tension the night that he was betrayed. If you remember that story, Jesus was out in the garden praying. And the man got Jesus and the tension of Jesus, God the Son, intertwined. And we see that play out in that prayer. Because in that prayer, Jesus began to pray out, God, Father, Daddy, can you take this from me? If there's any way that you can take this cup from me, any way that you can help me not have to go through this pain that I know I'm about to endure, if there's any way I don't have to experience all this pain, can you please take it from me? And we see the tension play out in Jesus the man. But then right after that, what did he say? But your will be done. But your will be done. That's a hard place to get to. Especially how, when some of the pain we deal with is so deep. And so big. I'll be honest with you, there's times I don't really like praying that prayer. God, your will be done. Because <laughs> then I know what that might mean. And I don't want his will to be done. I want what I want. Right? It's not always an easy journey. And Jesus prayed that prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, he taught that same thing in Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done, not my will. And I'm not denying this is an easy journey. This is very hard 
It's nice, it's easy to pray this when life is good. Yeah, God, you will be done. Just keep blessing me, right? But we all go through seasons of pain. We all go through seasons of uncertainty, of hardships and difficulties. And I'll be honest with you, in those moments, I really wrestled with the your will be done prayer because I just wanted God take this away. And we focus our prayer life in one of two ways. I mean, we focus it either on my kingdom, our kingdom, or God's kingdom. And a lot of times our prayers are centered around God, take this pain away. God, make this world better. And I get that. And those prayers should be prayed. But the ultimate prayer should be, God, your will be done. God, I want to be focused on your kingdom, what you want to do, what you're going to do in this world what you're going to bring about in all this. And you know what this is really ultimately dealing with? The word we don't like. Submit. I don't like that word. Maybe you don't either. Because this is the part where we submit my kingdom once, what I want in this world, to saying, God, I want to experience your kingdom. I know it's not always going to be an easy road, but I want to experience your kingdom. You know, is our prayer life focused on seeking his kingdom or our kingdom? I know that's a hard question to ask. And, and you may be saying, well, but what does that really look like? I don't even know what that looks like, praying to seek his kingdom. I mean, do I just sit there, God, I seek your kingdom, bring it on. Right? What does that really look like? I think maybe a step we can take is that really rather than just reading the Bible and reading the scriptures, is really praying it out. Have you ever just tried that? You like read a scripture like, huh, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to pray that into my life. Have you ever tried that? It can be a scary prayer. Like a song we sometimes sing, a song we used to sing back in the 90s, a worship song. I used to sing like, yeah, God, this is an awesome song. And then I started really thinking about the words like, yeah, I don't really want to sing that song anymore. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Oh, man. I used to shout that out. Then I started realizing what that meant. I was like, God, don't break my heart for what breaks yours. I don't want to be broken right now. Life is too good. Sometimes you got to pray those scary prayers. They're scary. But when God comes through, it's amazing. And see, the Bible... In the Bible, if you really get into the Bible and start spending some time in there, you begin to see that God provide his detailed guide of everything he really wants in the world. Everything he wants from us and what he's guiding us to, he gave to us in the Bible. And there we see his promises, his warnings, his invitations, and his commands. It's all in the Bible if we just spend some time there. We walk around, God, what do you want from me? What are you looking for? Well, hang out in the Bible. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. But try praying the scriptures. That's a practical thing you can do to make your prayers more kingdom focused. You know, here at Impact, we talk a lot about the soap reading plan. Try to soap it out. So what do you do? Okay, well, let's start with a certain scripture. Maybe you read these five verses in John 1 and you read them out. And so what are some scriptures that jump out to you? What are some things in that scripture where you see, well, here's a command. 
Here's God's inviting me to something. Here God is promising me something. What are those? What's God saying there? What's Jesus saying there? Try to understand that. Take some time to journal it. And then how can I apply that to my life? What does this mean to me if I live by this promise? If, if I really take the step in what God's inviting me to do or to become, or if I really follow this command of what he's telling me to do in my life, what would that look like? And then pray it out, God, I pray for you to give me the ability to walk in this command. I pray that I may experience this promise that you've given to me. Whatever it may be, be willing to pray the scary prayers. Even the prayers that deep down, you're like, God, I want you to come through, but... I don't really want this to happen. <laughs> Be willing to pray that. And watch what God does. Because ultimately, prayer is an opportunity for us to see that God's got this. God's got this. Here's the crazy thing. Can we just be honest? We're all a little bit psycho. Okay? And there's times when I've got a lot going on, and I'm talking to myself in my head, and I'm not paying attention, and my lips start moving, and Shelly, my wife, will say, who are you talking to? What are you talking about? You're not supposed to see me. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> but let's just be honest. We all have a tendency to talk to ourselves, don't we? We all got the voices in our mind with whatever we're dealing with. Life is good. Life is hard. And our mind just goes crazy with all the voices in our head, which is usually our voice talking to ourselves. And here's the problem. We get so beat down. Why? Because we listen to ourselves too much. Way too much. And many of us are walking around defeated because we're listening to our own voice rather than the voice of God. And we think, I can't do this. I can't take this. The pain's too big. This tragedy is too significant. I can't make it to tomorrow. Guess what? You can't. But with God, you can. And that's what he's saying. I got this. And I got you. And prayer is the opportunity to hear his voice rather than your voice. God, speak to me. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 11 through 13, as he taught the prayer, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see in prayer, we see that he is the one who takes care of our needs. He is the one who gives us and makes our wrongs right. He is the path away from the corruption that grabs our hearts leading us away from a life of destruction. He provides. That's why his name in the Old Testament is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He's got this. And the more we try to make our own life based upon what I achieve, the more I realize I don't got this. (laughs) But he does. He does. But can we deal with something really quickly? And I'm just going to, this is going to be like a tip of the iceberg discussion. And if you really want to dig a little bit deeper, I really encourage that book I talked about at the beginning, Just Ask. You need to get a copy and read it because this really deals a lot deeper into this this struggle that we all have. And I, I think we need to be honest, we all wrestle with prayer. We wrestle with prayer with a fundamental question, does it really work? Does it really work? I mean, I prayed this prayer and I still struggle with this sin. 
I pray this prayer and this world still stinks. I pray this prayer and the pain's still there. Which ultimately constantly leads us back to, does it really work? I mean, is God really there? I mean, we need to wrestle with our biggest question, is prayer effective and does it really make a difference? I mean, we have to be honest with that. We all question that. Every one of us, at some point in our journey, has wrestled with that. Does prayer really work? And does it really make a difference? Why bother? You know, Romans 8.28 tells us that God works all things together for for those who love him according to his purpose. Everything draws towards his heart, those who give their lives to us. And sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no, And quite honestly, sometimes he says, hold on a minute. you got to wait. But he always answers prayer based upon his purpose. But we need to deal with these questions. You know, what about when God doesn't seem to answer my prayer? What about those moments when it just seems like I've prayed and prayed and prayed? And you know what? That's still there. It's not going away. You know, the first question I think we need to ask is, are we his child? All throughout the scriptures, it teaches us in the New Testament of being his child and how God takes care of his children. And I think we need to be honest. God takes care of his children. But am I his child? Have I given my life to Jesus? Am I following him? Because I don't think it's fair to say, God, you're not there for me when we're never there with him. Except for when we're popping the quarter into the vending machine and God, can you come through? So before anything else, you ask, am I walking with him? That's the most important question you ever ask. And as you walk, we have to deal with some questions. Maybe sometimes God's not answering my prayer fully because... He's using that circumstance to change me. Maybe I'm praying that, God, will you change that person? Will you change this circumstance when all along God says, I'm trying to pull you through this because I'm trying to work on you. There's something you need to give to me. There's something you need to grow in. Sometimes God is not answering our prayers our way because he's got something bigger for us. We can't always see that. I don't always like to hear about that in the moment. But sometimes he has something bigger in plan for us. And sometimes God just says, I'm going to come through, but just not yet. You got to wait. Because I'm working on something. But please know this. Unanswered prayers do not mean that God is not there or not working. It does not mean that he loves you any less. God, your Father, loves you desperately. And through his workings, we need to see that we have the ability to trust him. No matter what we are going through, he's by our side. Which leads to the next question. Okay, if prayer does work, why does it make a difference? Can I really change God's mind? I mean, if he's going to do what he's going to do anyways, what's the big deal? I mean, and if I can change his mind, is he really God? And this one really puts our head in a tailspin, doesn't it? And here's the thing. Stop trying to be God. We, do, we can't be God. We can't. 
And to answer this question very quickly, and I know there's so much depth to this, that's why I read the book. You can really get more out of it there. You need to understand some basic truths. God always works towards his purpose. Not my purpose, not your purpose. His purpose. His purpose does not change. The second truth we need to understand is God's plans to that purpose is constantly unfolding and unraveling because God is always working. He's living, he's breathing, he's active, and he's working through all of us all the time. Why? To journey through that, to the plan, to his purpose. God wants us to be a part of that. And so our prayers are absolutely instrumental in God unfolding and unraveling his plans in order to achieve his purpose. Head spinning yet? I know, mine always does. You know, there was a theologian by A.A. Hodges who said this, does God know the day you'll die? What do you think? Yes. Has he appointed that day? Yes, he has. Can you do anything to change that day? No. Then why do you eat? To live. Well, what happens if you don't eat? Well, then you die. Then if you don't eat and die, would that be the day that God ordained you to die? Good question, right? You know, his point here is quit asking the stupid questions, right? Just eat. Eat like you're supposed to. Why? Because eating is preordained way that God has given us to live. In the same way with prayer. Does prayer change God's mind or does it... I, Stop asking the question. God says, no, you pray. Why? To experience him, to be a part of what he's doing. Is it instrumental? Absolutely. Does it change his mind? Just pray. Why? Because he wants you to be a part of it. This is his invitation to join him in the mysteries and the working of a spirit in this world. This is about dealing with attention in the, God's nature. How he's always, always walking towards his purpose that never changes, but is constantly unfolding his plans in order to achieve his ultimate purpose to bring his glory into this world. So... The point is not whether our prayers changes the outcome or what may, of what may already be happening. It's about coming into his presence and joining him in what he is doing to experience him more. You see, when we pursue God, we quickly experience how desperately he pursues us. Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. He says, when you seek me, you're going to find me. The question is, what are you searching for? The good life of what you're hoping to obtain, are you searching for him? Are you searching for him? See, as we search for the answers of life through the path of all the messiness of what is this world, and we tend to ask God, where are you in all this? And he's always right there. Always right there. And Jesus said, when you seek him, you will find him. And he gave this promises, promise in the verses to follow. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give, you him, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, we'll give him a snake. 
If you then, through, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him? He's your daddy. He's your daddy. And he just wants you to come to him. He's got this. And he invites you to be a part of what he's doing. So will you do that? Whatever you're dealing with in your life, good or bad, make an effort today to begin to have an encounter with God. Pray the scriptures. Seek his heart. Pray the scary prayers. And watch what he begins to do. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you because you are good. And in this moment, Lord, we just seek you. Father, just help us to experience you even more than we've ever experienced before. Well, I know sometimes I'm afraid to pray those scary prayers. I want you to just take everything away that's hurting or, or holding us back. But Lord, sometimes you want us to walk through the journey so that we can experience how, how good you are. And Lord, I just pray in this moment that we may experience you more. Help us to make the effort to spend time with you each day, to encounter you. And Lord, through that, may we experience all that you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.